0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. On this episode, we're going to discuss why I'm thinking of making Aliyah to Israel, the history of the MS St. Louis in 1939, and the British blockade of Eretz Israel in 1940. Let's get started. It is with deep sadness that I'm here again this week talking about the issues in the Ukraine One of the major developments that has happened this past week is that the Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett had gone to Russia to try and broker some type of deal. There is some speculation on why he went. Was it that he maybe can play a role between the West and Russia, being that they sort of straddle that line? Or maybe is it because the Jews of Ukraine are facing a little bit of a challenge right now? And it has been always the Israelis' policy to take care of Jews and provide protection for Jews all over the world. After Bennett returned to Israel from Moscow, he gave an interview where he discussed the fact that they're expecting a large influx of refugees from the Ukraine. As many of you might know, the Israelis have a very unique part of their constitution that gives every Jewish person the right to citizenship. In a law passed July 5th, 1950, the Israeli government gave the right to Aliyah, or making immigration available to all Jewish people across the world. The goal of this law, of course, was to grant protection and citizenship to any Jews across the world who might be facing persecution to avoid the issues of the Holocaust when Jews had nowhere else to go. A few times in my life, I've considered the idea of making Aliyah to Israel. Most of my previous reasons for considering Aliyah was just simply a love of the country. I really didn't have much reasoning behind it, but now things have definitely changed. Seeing the current situation in Ukraine and Prime Minister Bennett having to go to Ukraine to try and protect Jews, it makes me wonder, is it too late by the time war starts? Even though we are much more safe in North America and probably are not going to be experiencing pogroms and war that are going to affect the Jewish community here, I found myself wondering, can Jews really ever be safe around the world? Maybe it would make sense for me to consider getting an Israeli passport to have that really quick access, the access that the Ukrainians right now probably wish they had. During a war, it's obviously very difficult. I've heard a rabbi saying in the Ukraine that some people would like to make Aliyah to Israel, but to get to the Israeli consulate within Ukraine during a war is very difficult and almost impossible to get to an airport. I think back to a time in history, like in Germany in the 1930s, when we had very assimilated Jews living within Germany, the culture was high. Everyone expected these are the top of the line intellectuals. There's no way anything bad could happen here. We could rise above the old hates of the past. And then unfortunately, many German Jews were caught off guard by the fact that anti-Semitism had risen to the point of the Holocaust. In fact, many Jewish people around that time and after were searching for a place like Israel that hadn't existed yet to find protection and safety. I wonder, am I sitting here like one of the German Jews in the 1930s thinking, oh, well, I'm in a safe country, I'm an assimilated Jew, and I'm accepted here, and therefore I should be fine? Am I getting too comfortable in assuming that I'm safe and protected, unlike the Ukrainians, not realizing that maybe one day some pogroms will rise up, or people will speak out against Jews, or we see the rise of anti-Semitism all over the world, that maybe I will one day need to flee to a safe place like Israel? And if that's the case, should I not sort of get a head start and get my Israeli citizenship now for the day that I might need to flee for safety? Or should I find myself like the Ukrainians stuck in this unfortunate situation where they have a free and safe place to go, but just can't get there? After this break, we're going to talk about the history and let the history be our guide for what we should do in these circumstances. Should I make a Liyah to Israel? Should I feel safe in my home country? Will there be a place I can go in case of emergency? We'll find out right after this. It was May 13, 1939. The German transatlantic liner, the St. Louis, sailed from Hamburg, Germany to Havana, Cuba. On this ship with 937 passengers, almost all Jews fleeing the Third Reich. Most were German citizens, some were Eastern European Jews, and a few were officially stateless people. One year earlier at this point, there was a conference called the Evian Conference, and this was a conference in Evian, Paris, where a bunch of countries got together, a lot of countries got together in order to try and figure out what to do with the Jewish refugees of the Second World War. We saw the Hitler regime was trying to take over and really were mistreating Jews with anti-Semitic propaganda. And the world came together to decide where are we going to put all of these Jews who are no longer safe in Europe? In the end, unfortunately, no countries wanted these Jewish refugees. Anti-Semitism was rampant all over the world, not just in Germany. This anti-Semitism became very clear when someone asked a member of the Canadian government and the ministry who deals with the refugees, how many Jews that they'd be willing to take Jewish refugees from World War II Europe. And their response right before the war began was, quote, none is too many, end quote. It was only recently that the prime minister of Canada apologized for not taking any refugees from World War II and sending back the Jewish people in order to be murdered by the Nazis. This was the story of the St. Louis. This was a ship that had a bunch of Jewish refugees trying to flee Germany. Unfortunately, countries had already closed their borders, but they took a chance, took this ship to Cuba, hoping that Cuba would be different. Unfortunately, Cuba did not take them. They continued up and down the east coast of the North American continent. No countries would take them until they were eventually sent back to Germany and most were killed. Unfortunately, after the St. Louis in 1939, that was the end of immigration out of the country by Jews, and they were left to their fate. Not only is this a lesson that Israel is so important for the Jewish people to provide that safe place to go, no matter what, but it also makes you wonder if the countries that we are in within North America will always be so open and free to Jewish refugees. We have seen other... Refugee groups demonized for their religion or their background. We've seen bans on Muslim immigrants to the United States. We see rising anti-Semitic ideas within different political parties, whether it is labor parties in UK or whether it is the rise of the anti-Semitic tropes within QAnon and far fringe groups. It's really quite frightening to think that if any of these people will get into power, that policies might change and Jews may no longer be safe. Should we be worried that the day that our countries might turn a little bit more unsafe for us, that we will have nowhere else to go and that Israel will be our only place of safety? Should we prepare for this eventuality or are we going to just sit here and hope that history will not repeat itself and we will not be either like the Germans waiting for the change in government or the Ukrainians who are now under attack from Russia? When we come back after this break, we're going to talk about the 1940s and Jews trying to make their way to the British Mandate of Palestine and the challenges they faced in the 1940s. When we come back on the Jewish Diaspora Report. At the end of World War I and around 1915, there was approximately 83,000 Jews living in what was then called British Mandate for Palestine. They lived alongside 590,000 Muslim and Christian Arabs. In the mid-1920s, Jewish immigration to British Mandate for Palestine increased primarily because of anti-Jewish economic legislation in Europe, Washington's imposition of restrictive quotas against Jews coming into their country, but also the pogroms against Jews all over the world, people tried to run to the safety of the British mandate for Palestine. Conflicts began to arise between the local populations, and the Arabs and Jews would fight until the British decided to try and get involved. The British attempted to promise the Arabs a state within 10 years while holding back on Jewish immigration to the state. Many Jews found that there was no place to go. This only continued after the war, when the British refused to allow the survivors of the Nazi nightmare to find sanctuary in their British mandate for Palestine. On June 6, 1946, President Truman urged the British government to relieve the suffering of the Jews in displaced persons camps in Europe and immediately send them to Palestine. A British foreign minister replied sarcastically to the United States by saying that the Americans wanted the displaced Jews to go to Palestine because they actually didn't want them in New York. Some Jews were able to reach the shores of Palestine, many by way of dilapidated ships that members of the Jewish resistance organizations smuggled in. Between 1945 and the establishment of the state in 1948, 65 quote illegal immigrant ships carrying almost 70,000 people arrived from European shores. In August 1946, the British began to intern those people that were caught in these illegal ships on the island of Cyprus. Approximately 50,000 people were detained in these camps, 28,000 of whom were still imprisoned when Israel declared its independence. The British, trying to live up to their agreement with the Arabs, tried to tamp down on Jewish immigration at the expense of the Jewish people who were seeking refuge. Ironically, in some cases, putting the Jews from the camps in Germany back into camps, although better in Cyprus. Essentially, the British were blocking these Jewish victims of the Holocaust from reaching the safe shores of Palestine and later the state of Israel. I am left hearing the current state of Ukraine and the Ukrainian Jews within the country who are unable to leave either due to them being of military age and not being allowed to leave, or maybe the Russians blocking the airports and ways out in order to get to Israel. Either way, these poor people within the Ukraine that are unable to leave and maybe they have access to a place to go within Israel, maybe they have family members, maybe they've got support from various Jewish agencies. Unfortunately, they are not able to leave for various reasons. I think this might be one reason why Naftali Bennett, the prime minister of Israel, has gone to speak with all of the people in charge and and on all sides of the argument to hopefully find and secure a way for these Jewish people to exit the country and get to a place that's safe and free. Then, of course, there's always the stigma about leaving your country in a time of need, which I know many Jewish people in Ukraine are feeling right now. In the end, this whole thing started by me suggesting that I've been considering the idea of when it's safe to live in a country outside of the land of Israel and maybe when I need to consider getting an Israeli passport and Israeli citizenship under their constitutional law as a Jewish person. And I'm left wondering, you know, I feel very comfortable now and, you know, things in Ukraine look bad, but I should be safe. And it only makes me wonder if I look at the past, what can I learn from the mistakes of the past? Will my country ever turn to a point where I'm no longer safe through my own government or other governments coming in? Will there be a place for me to go in order to get safety from the discrimination or anti-Semitism? And when should I consider the right time to get my citizenship to Israel, the place where I could be safe as a Jewish person? I really don't want to find out it's too late like the people of Germany in 1939 and the people of Ukraine who are now stuck in a war zone and unable to get to that safe haven that has been created for Jews around the world. I end this podcast with the thoughts and prayers and hopes that the Ukrainian people will once again be free and safe. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. Don't forget to check us out on social media at jdr.podcast and check all our other episodes out on your favorite podcast source. We'll see you next time.